Marketing and selling is essential in your online business. And when you have the right strategies and mindset, you not only can make a lot of money, but you can change a lot of lives. Welcome to the Online Marketing Podcast, where we help course creators, membership owners, and coaches market and sell their offers. We're your hosts, Paul and Melissa Pruitt. Let's dive in and get started. Welcome to our special launch interview series, where Paul and I interview successful online entrepreneurs about their launches. In this interview, we talk to Amy Small. Amy shares her journey of what it was like starting off with a real-world business, selling a physical product, and transitioning to the online space. Now, Amy had a lot of successes. She had a nice-sized email list, but then she discovered launching. The first time she launched on the first day, she ended with $12,000 and that opened up so many opportunities for her. Since then, she's been launching and having lots of successes. And in this interview, Amy shares a little bit more about her journey with launching and what she's learned along the way. So let's go ahead and listen to Amy's interview. Amy, super excited to have you on today. We've been friends for several years. We've been in certain circles. We've even attempted to to do sing-alongs with you. We watch your TikToks all the time (laughs) and super excited uh, that we can have you on today. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Paula and Melissa. I'm super excited to be here and to see your faces more than just three times a year, like usual. So it's really nice to connect. Awesome. Awesome. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, who you serve your business so our listeners can get an idea of what you do? Yes. So I started this business called Nick Collage 13 years ago. So it's been, it feels like an eternity, though I realize that's not (laughs) totally true. And what we do at Nick Collage is I actually design hand spun yarns. I work with a small team of women in India that I trained to make these yarns in my technique or the way I learned. I wouldn't say it's my technique, but I learned this way. And they're my designs and they spin them. We collaborate on them and we sell them online. I also design knitting patterns, crochet patterns, along with team of collaborators. And we host online community and courses around the yarns and the patterns as well. So it's a lot of fun. It's really unique. It's a small niche. I mean, I think there, the knitting niche is pretty big. My corner of it is pretty small. Our aesthetic is really boho, really artsy, and it's sort of its own world within the knitting industry. Our yarns are really chunky, so they're quick to knit, which is attractive for busy moms like me <laughs> or anyone who likes a a quick instant gratification project doesn't want to be knitting the same thing for three years. So, um, so it's a, it's a small niche within a small niche. (laughs) I love that. So, but coming back to what you just said though, is that, so we had the online element and like you teaching courses to these moms, these individuals. And then you said, 13 years ago, and I think 13 years ago, we were probably on like MySpace or AOL. (laughs) Was this immediately online or did you do this like in the real world first and they kind of transitioned at some point? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't so good when it was not online actually. (laughs) So this is not a big surprise probably, especially to you. So when I started the business, I was selling wholesale to mom and pop yarn shops. So really just individual yarn shops you'd see on main street USA or wherever. And it was a really hard business 
because not all of these businesses were run as well-run businesses, as businesses that were meant to make a profit. It was sometimes hard to get paid. And each shop had very different things they wanted. So a shop in New York City is going to want a very different set of yarns and patterns than a shop in Oklahoma or Minnesota. And so it felt really hard to please everyone. And it felt really disjointed to try to work with all these different buyers who were sort of at all different places. And it didn't feel true to myself either because I was chasing the sales and not really designing what was true to me, if that makes any sense. But my margins were also very small. So if I sold a ball of yarn for $18, it retailed for double that, let's say like 36, 38, something like that. I was only getting like seven bucks on a skein of yarn. Whereas of course, if I sell direct to the customer, I'm making much more. So business-wise, just dollars and cents, it wasn't a viable business either for me. So it got to a point where it just wasn't working and something had to change, but the yarn business was pretty archaic back in the day. I mean, pre-COVID really. If you sold your yarn online and sold to yarn stores, that was like sacrilege. Like they were like, oh, you are. I think that a lot of retailers had this issue. Like if you sold in Bloomingdale's, like Ralph Lauren sold in Bloomingdale's, but also had his store in the mall. It was like a conflict of interest kind of, or at least that's how stores saw it. But I turned my website on. I just, I saw the writing on the wall. The business wasn't working this way. Turned the website on. And the first day I got a $700 order from Luxembourg. And I was like, oh my God, like what, why didn't I do this? You know, a decade ago, or I think at that point it was like five, six years. And it just really changed my business. And the cool part is that I got to just be myself creatively in a way I never got to be before and have this conversation with my customers that I never had before because I was always sort of playing telephone through a shop owner and Mm. really present the yarn how I wanted to present the yarn and do it how I wanted to do it. And of course, the kind of silver lining of that was that that appealed to the stores in the end anyway, because right? I was being authentic. And so that fit with the stores it fit with, and it ended up being good in both ways. So we still do wholesale. It's about 10% of my business though, as opposed to pre 2018, it was like a hundred percent. So small part. And it's interesting just to hear this evolution because I, for a moment there, when you're beginning to tell us all this, I was thinking like, I was visualizing like uh, Ray Kroc with the with the shake machine going like around like through the U.S. trying hard. to convince people to to buy the shake machine or whatever, and and it's like, what would a traveling yarn salesperson look like? You know? Oh, they they exist, they exist, yeah. and it's like it's just a lot of people own yarns. Or they did. I don't know if that's still the case, but they own yarn stores because it's like a hobby they love, but they maybe shouldn't have. And that's not true at all of everybody, but because there are some stories that are amazing. And I think there are some stories are really important to be in and help us gain exposure. But it was so, I don't miss those days of calling these shops and collecting payments that were like $300. You know, it was just so painful. (laughs) You went from that those cold calls and door to door, and then one moment, like you decide to lean in online, not that far ago. 
Now, did you start off with the whole launch concept with that first website or did that come later on? Like, how was that transition? Where did the whole launch concept come into your work? Because you did get a $700 sale when you turned that website on. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it was like, instantly I, better. I'm sure but like it... the next day you had another 700, right? And next day is another 700. No, I didn't actually. <laughs> but still, it, it definitely made me see what was possible in that first sale. But it wasn't like just cha-ching, cha-ching at all. <laughs> Not at all, no. <laughs> so I ended up being part of Knit Stars, which is run by Shelly Brander. And she is part of the product launch formula world, was one of the early adopters of Jeff's product lunch formula. So she asked me, she's an old dear friend and she owns this beautiful store in Tulsa, not run poorly (laughs) (laughs) at all. Totally different situation. She owns a store in Tulsa and she asked me to be on season one of Knit Stars. And um, Jeff's son, Dan, came out and filmed me for Knit Stars. And that was, I think it was 2017. I can't remember, but she was just raving about product launch formula and that this had helped her build her subscription box business. And I thought, you know what? I'll read the book. <laughs> I'll just read the book. I had met Dan. He had like a PLF bracelet on. And I was like, okay, the universe is sending me some signs here. So I read the book and it all just made so so much sense to me. I had been collecting emails on my site. I had about 3000. I, had, I wasn't doing much with them, but I had been collecting them. Um, and I had been running knit alongs in the past. And that's what we launch within my business is called the knit along where we knit the same designs and community together. And I teach an online course to go with the physical product. So I read the book, I had been doing these knit alongs, which had been generating around like $4,000. So for me at the time, I was like, it's pretty good, but I feel like I could maximize this somehow. And so I did a really scrappy version of the launch formula that he laid out in the book. And that first launch I did, we made $12,000 in a day. And when I say like that rocked my world, it completely rocked my world. Never thought that I could make money when I plan to make money. If that makes any sense, does that make any sense? (laughs) Um, And I never realized the power of my email list either. I had never tried to market that in this way. And I remember it was a phone in my home office with my bed right there like this. I was just holding it. It wasn't even like propped on something, you know, (laughs) it was shaky, no script, just uh, off the cuff, like pre-launch videos. And we did that at $12,000 day and continued to sell over the course of the open cart week. And that just completely, I mean, just a total mind shift change in what I thought was possible within my business, you know, what I thought was possible for my life. And it has continued to change my business in that way. So it was, it was huge. And I'm so grateful for Shelly for introducing me to the book, um, to Dan, who also showed me how to film myself, you know, because I was watching the whole time he was filming me, you know, how to actually teach and do that. Like, I don't know if I would have had the ingenuity, creativity to fit. I have always kind of said, I'm not a tech person. So to see how he did that, I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I can do this. Um, so that's sort of how it all got started. And there was really no tw- turning back after that first launch. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, like how amazing is that you had that experience It opened your eyes to the possibility. And what I love is that you just, you followed along, like you just with blind faith, you read the book, you followed along and you just, you did the work and what an amazing first result for that, for that first launch. Yeah. I think because I had been in business a while, I was teed up a little bit more than maybe if I was seriously starting from zero because I did have social media. I had people on my list already. (laughs) Um, And now I have the challenge of, I really want to grow my list. And I'm like, I didn't have to worry about that back then, but now I'm really thinking about that. So I think I had that to my advantage, but I have been blown away by just doing what Jeff says in the book and following, I'm like, oh my God, okay, I will just trust. <laughs> I just trust and it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then since that first initial launch to where you are now, can you tell us a little bit about how your launches have evolved and changed and uh, maybe some things you've learned along the way? Yeah. So, well, a lot has changed. In the beginning, I mentioned it was really rough. I was just kind of like, okay, I'll just, I didn't, hadn't even taken like the course. I just had read the book. So I had a lot to learn when I took the course. Finally. I mean, that's, I think another big changing point because it just went so much deeper into all the details. And I thought, oh, I wasn't doing a launch list. I wasn't scripting out my video. Like it really went to the next level. And I don't think I would have been able to do that just from how I was going on my own. And the launches continued to grow. So I think the next launch we did, I always just remember the first day numbers for some reason. I don't know why I don't think about the whole, but that for me, because it's physical product, most of our sales come in the first day and there's a limited quantity. So the next one, it was like $17,000. And then I think it jumped to like 53 and then 74. And then the one after that was COVID was good for the knitting business. I think we did 163 in a day and hundred K in an hour. So that was really incredible. And then they've stuck around that level since then. So our launches now are around, it could be anywhere from 300 to $400,000. We do twice a year. We also added a membership to the back end of that with, we have about 450 members. So it's all evolved and we do a launch into that as well from there. Does that answer your question? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's because a lot of people just see a snapshot of like how we all are doing things today. And a lot of people don't get the perspective of like, Hey, like even with you having, you you had the advantage, like you said, of like having 3000 people on your list, but before you you learn through even the book, let alone the course, like that there is a proper way of doing a promotion that's called a launch. You didn't maximize or utilize, like you had this gold sitting in your list that in your audience that you did not properly leverage. You probably made offers. You probably made, you know, did sales. You probably yeah. did random promotions to them, but you didn't get this type of result. Like the $12,000 in the first day mm-hmm. or whatever it was is just amazing. And I love that perspective because some people are scared that they have no list at all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where, where do I begin? Where do I start? And then there's others that might have some type of following. But if we were to go to that person, 
that is about to launch maybe for the first time, you know, just with your perspective that you have, because you you had the book in your hands, at least you had like a little bit of a guide. You kind of had like Jeff's blessing over this book, you know, type thing, his wisdom. But is there just something that any tips that you give somebody that just maybe launched for the first time? Yes. And this is something I tell myself now all the time is I, I try to go into it with no expectations. I try, I mean, I want to have a goal. I've got goals, but I just do the best work I can do. I stay true to myself. I try to serve with all my heart and I trust that the people that are going to be the right fit that learn from what I have to put out there that understand there's so much good that comes from it. We really lean into all the benefits of making things and knitting are going to connect with that message and find me and those that don't won't. But I think that all I control can control is how I show up and how I serve. And if I focus too much on how many people signed up and the numbers it just spins me in circles. It's like a roller coaster of emotions and it just doesn't get me anywhere. In my business, like for example, this last launch, it's really tricky. I'm not launching a course that's always the same cost. So my launch really is a design dependent. So we did a bag this year that sold really well, but it was $148, which is low end for me. Um, most of the things that have done best have been to like 248 So we had all these new people sign up, which was awesome, but the dollar value was less. So it's really hard for me to compare one to the next. Obviously, bringing new people into our world is awesome, but I don't have a magic ball and I can't say this design is going to be the most popular and this one isn't. That's part of the fun of being in a creative business. It's also part of like the hair tearing out because like you just can't always have a rec. Like I can't always say, I'm going to design a sweater. It's going to be $248. It's going to be the best seller. Like, I don't know what people are always, it's always a surprise to me, no matter how much I survey and all the things. Um, So I just, really try to get my mindset right. I show up, I put my all into it. I listen to the comments, the questions, the objections that are coming in. I try to answer and serve and I try to not wrap myself too much up in the outcome. And if it doesn't go exactly how I plan, what can I learn? How can I tweak? How can I um, reinvent or pivot? And that helps me a lot. I, I have feel like I've got some friends in this world and they focus so much on that dollar goal or whatever it might be. And it can really take you away from the why of why you're doing it, which is really um, getting people to that transformation. You so want them to have you so believe in with the value of the work you're putting out in the world. I think that would be, it's not always easy. that would be my two cents (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up though because there is of course strategy with launching but a lot of it is that mindset and letting go of that control and um, sometimes you just have to roll with it because I mean I know you know that not all launches go exactly as as we plan (laughs) 
Yeah. I think, um, Dylan, who was our friend, I was like, I was like really upset with him. And I launched it like $6,000 last worse than the last launch. And he goes to me, Amy, if you ever complain about making this much money in a day, I'm going to kick your butt, you know, like, and I'm just like, <laughs> so right. Like what else? You know, like it's all really awesome. I get to do what I love in the world and I'll learn from it. And because of the reasons I just shared, it's really tricky in my business to always have, it's part of the fun of it. We have people that join every season, but it's also part of the challenge of being in a creative business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's like you, you're really demonstrating, you have faith in this process, in the formula, uh, in the system because you're, you're trusting and you're not being emotionally attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. So like you, you're putting in the reps, you're putting in what you know you need to do. And it allows you to have that clear space because you do have a a process, like a a formula to follow Mm -hmm. so that you're not all over because that's a dangerous thing for all of us that are creatives is because we would like to reinvent the whole process every single time as well. So at least you have some variables, but like you're still following this consistent pattern in a way, which is the product launch formula during this process. Yeah. 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 So I think Jeff said one thing that I would just add is he said one thing, I can't remember when, but he said, you know, there's always more money out there. And I think just that abundance mindset, which can be hard to embrace in the day-to-day if you're going through a, a scarcity time, but that helped me too. You know, I have no, I, I, I have complete faith. I'm sure your listener, like there's tons of ideas that it's out there. It's out there. If it didn't come this one time, it'll come the next time. Um, Matt, that helped me. (laughs) So in your experience with the the launches and what you've done in your business, what have you found has been some of your top tips that maybe you could share for how you attract your best clients? This is a good one. How I attract my best clients. I guess I have a pretty clear vision of who she is. And actually we're working on our membership launch right now. And I just put, pulled out this really old doc of like avatar work that I, and it really helps me to have this person in my mind. And now that we have the membership, I actually have a few people that are in our membership that are so completely awesome. And I just, sometimes I just imagine I'm speaking to them and it helps <laughs> because they're a smiling, they're always a smiling face on zoom. They're always excited and inspired by the next design. And it, it really does help me to just have that clear vision of, okay, this is who I'm speaking to. This is who my customer is. I'm a big fan of surveys too. And I know Jeff is in PLF. He goes into this a ton and That small tweak of just really using the survey tool to listen to your customers has been huge for me. They tell me exactly what their objections are, and then we mirror that back to them in our emails and in our copy and the sales page and everything. That, I mean, that's pretty basic, but that was pretty mind-blowing to me when I figured that out. I was like, oh, they'll tell me what they need help with in their knitting projects. Like, what's the hardest part? Oh, okay, I can actually give that to them. (laughs) So that's been huge. I think this is super obvious, but if you're really starting out, you might question this. When I was launching Knit Alongs before I started PLF, there was no end date, right? You could just sign up any old time. And that 
just, this is when I close things down. This is when we begin our course together has been incredibly powerful. And I think um, unless you really try that, you don't trust it. But it's just amazing when you make your marketing an event. This is the start. This is the end. It has a profound effect on getting people to sign up because they want to be a part of the event and the start date and the end date, whenever that might be. So trust that. That I was like, what? That can't be right. I, I had so many thoughts around that. I was like, I don't know, but I just did it and now I'll never turn back. So that is huge, I think. <laughs> But I'm not a ninja person. I am very, I am like a basic person. So you might be asking the wrong person for the ninja techniques. (laughs) No, I think you just very obviously pointing out some, like, as an example, you, you reference the surveys Mm -hmm. and Melissa and I do a lot of market research for our ideal client as well. And in different spaces, but we slack, like, I'm going to openly admit, like, we do not do surveys. Like, that is something that we are missing out on. And it brings me full circle to be like, oh, you know, we're always iterator, we're always evolving, we're always trying things new. And I'm just curious, because thank you for those tips, because I think it, it even brings back to us as far as we are along, there's always something that we can add, something that we can change and tweak. Yes. And if we could go back to, because you're doing the launches that you have now at the level that they are now. And if we can go back to Amy that did her $12,000 first day launch uh, originally that was doing it scrappy, what advice would you give her from the perspective of an experience that you have now? Hmm. I. I think I'm going to go with another mindset one. And so maybe that is just (laughs) my woo-woo side. But I mentioned when I shifted from going wholesale to mom and pop yarn shops and I got to just, uh, my business became authentic to myself when I turned on my website. And I think of my launch and I think of my online community as the place I get to be my true self. And I don't mean that at all in a arrogant way or in a, I'm going to be like, I know everything. And no, I think of it much more in a humble, I'm here to serve you way. But also I get to be silly and do my dancing on Instagram or share the chaos of the juggle of being a small business owner, whatever. But I really think of my launches as This is where I get to tell the true story of me, what I've been through to get to where I am, the experience I have, what's gone into where I am, the incredible stories of our customers. And I I just feel like it's our opportunity to really show who we are authentically and lean into that and quirky, weird, that you want to bring that in, I think, <laughs> um, and show, right? Like show, no, I'm not uh, Amazon. I'm not, you're not calling ups.com, which is like my worst favorite phone call to make in the world. It's a real person. It's real people here and they really want to help you, <laughs> you know, all three of us on the team. So I would say really lean into who you are and develop that voice, whether it's through your weekly emails or your uh, scripts, really spend time thinking about how you can interject your authentic voice and lean into that, flex that muscle and build that up because that's what people want to hear. They don't want just a 
sometimes like, and I'm so perfect. No, just just like really be, I think that that is um, where people's superpowers really lay. And of course that's where you get to do you and, and serve. So I think that I would encourage myself to lean into that more, to not feel like I had to have it so together to like be okay. And I feel that way now too, because right, like I'm still total in the knitting world, we call it a whip work in progress. Have you heard of that before? (laughs) You know, you're still a whip. (laughs) Kind of to your point about the surveys or whatever, I'm still a whip. I've still got right so much to learn. So I think I would tell myself that. I really wish I had focused more on growing my list early. I really was all about organic. I have been all about organic. I wish I had gotten in, especially during COVID when it was a lot easier to get eyeballs on everything. I'm like, why didn't I focus on my lead magnets then? So I think that needs to be a core thing that's happening as you launch, as you do everything in your business. And I am now trying to backpedal. So that would be probably more of a tactical thing. The other thing I'm really focused on now that I wish I had focused on earlier is the customer journey. So if someone enters our world, let's say not during the launch and launch, they kind of have a journey, but let's say they're coming in at a different time. What's the next thing for them? Are they like right now I'm leaving them hanging. So what's the next progression for that person? Are they going to start with a bag and then they go sweater, you know, whatever it is. I'm really thinking about that a lot. And I wish I had thought about that a lot earlier too. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's incredible. (laughs) We had mindset tactics, strategies in there. That was, that was everything. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) So going back as well to the beginning with all the knowledge and, and things that you've learned along the way. And if we were to kind of you know, take away everything, empty out your bank account, and you had $500 to market yourself. How would you use that knowing with the knowledge that you have now, how would you use that now to market yourself and start your business and and get things rocking and rolling? I would be myself. (laughs) I would just, I would lean into that. That I think I have seen the most in terms of my creativity, when I show my creative process, the things that really light me up, of course, those are the things that resonate most. So if you're an expert guitar player or quilter, like show that, right, that creative process, I would really focus on the lead magnets and growing the list in all the ways. I don't know if I can afford ads with $500, probably a little, (laughs) you would, you would be the expert, but I would really focus on that. I'd focus on the weekly email newsletter. And I still just put a lot, I put a lot into my weekly newsletters. I would continue to do that. I really think that's where you get to show the love and have this wonderful communication with your avatar. Um, I would launch ASAP too. (laughs) Get some money in the bank account, hopefully. I, I love that's that. That's what I would do. I, I love the I love the elements, even the through line that they have in the last couple of questions that we had for you is just like showing up as yourself because you know, perked up on on video and everything. It's like there's almost this illusion that you have to show up at some other variation or version of yourself or some perfected like radio announcer or TV broadcaster, totally polished, totally perfect. And I think that gets in a lot of people's heads because they they see some influencers that kind of have 
you know, they, they see like a Marie Forleo or something that has like a million dollar set and lighting and a hair crew and makeup and everything. And like, holy crap, like I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to show up in my living room with curlers in my hair. <laughs> and so I just love that. And even your TikToks, I know Melissa talks about them all the time and or reels. And she shows me your reels and, and stuff. And it's funny because, and that's something that's really interesting because I remember like one of the first Zoom calls um, that I came in on a mastermind that we're all in and you know just heard this oh there's this knitter named amy and i'm like oh, okay here we go here, you know the, in my head i got the stereotype going on and then you're over there dancing and having fun and being crazy and they're like oh who's that oh that's the knitter what what i think i remember you telling me that like you were like i thought you were like a mom and a knitter i like i kind of remember that maybe from last I don't know, one of these meetings, but yeah, I mean, I think also, especially when you're starting out and you may not have the confidence of, I have all the sales coming in or the validation, it can be harder to see that. But when you're trying to be someone else, um, I think it's harder to form a connection with your avatar. I think people sense it or they pick up on it. And so when, as much as you can tap into who you really are and bring that out in the world, the better the connection will be with your customer too. So it's hard though. It's hard when you're stressed. It's not always a simple thing to like, you know, I have certain days where I'm like, not today. (laughs) We all have those days. That's okay too, right? That's okay too. (laughs) So Amy, before we wrap up, is there any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with about launching online business, that creative process, anything you want? You've shared so much already, but anything you want to leave them with? I think think listeners, you're in great hands with Paul and Melissa. Um, You heard about how product launch formula has completely changed my life and I think I would just sort of underline that that mindset shift I talked about when I went from, you know, like basically nothing, not not $4,000 a month on a launch to $12,000 on one day and what kind of impact that can have on your whole life and what's possible for you. Like, I just was like, oh, the world, like the sky's the limit now. And I never thought that I could do that. So I'd encourage you to try it out and give it a go. (laughs) Like, what do you have to lose, right? It's a simple formula and you fit it into your niche. But I think that mindset shift is just, you got to experience that for yourself. It's incredible. Um, And it might take some time, some iterations, right? But I think trust that process (laughs) and just try that's wonderful. Wonderful. Amy, thank you so much. How can our audience uh, connect with you? How can they follow you? Cause I'm sure there's some people that would love to follow along and also go watch all your reels too. <laughs> yes. Well, we have any knitters out there. I'm not sure if there are any knitters or crocheters. We do crochet patterns too. Um, I'd love to invite you to follow me um, and sign up for our newsletter. We I'm also on Instagram. That's the one that's my favorite, but I am on TikTok and 
all the places, but Instagram is the one I hang out on the most. I also have a free class. that's one of our most popular patterns. It's this beautiful shawl where I teach you how to knit it from start to finish. And you can use any, you can use our yarn, but you can use any yarn. And I'd love to invite you to sign up for that and come experience how I teach. Maybe end with a beautiful shawl to wear. (laughs) And I'm sure Melissa and Paul can hook you up with that link somehow. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll have all that in the show notes for sure. Yes. I can connect with you. Uh, I think you you just do a wonderful job of teaching. And I know for anyone in that creative process, they would love to join your community because you just really take a lot of care with your community, which we really admire that a lot. So. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> Thank so much for coming so on much. today. This is so incredible. Yes. This was so fun. Thank you so much. So fun. Thank you both for having me. If you would like to work with us and our team to help you snap up more sales and incredible clients with a stellar marketing strategy that works, go to AdaptiveMembership.com and sign up for our wait list. We have a limited number of spots in our exclusive program to set you up for success and take action. We're waiting for you at AdaptiveMembership.com.